Hey, welcome to Not So Molly Mormon Podcast. I'm Katie, and I have a new story for you today. Hi, Sarah and Katie. I have caught up on your podcast, and it has been very cathartic as I have started to mentally unravel the mindfuck that is the Mormon church. Officially, my records were removed last fall, but I was also in a very toxic relationship at the time, so I couldn't really process it fully until I got out of the relationship about four months ago. There are a lot of experiences I've had that, listening to you two speak, were brought up, but I figured I would just tell you about a couple of the most pivotal ones. As a little background, I grew up in the church. I was raised in a small town in Utah, baptized into the church at eight, did all the normal Mormon things. By all accounts, I was the perfect little Peter priesthood. I was quiet and unassuming and pretty scared of doing anything wrong. When I was 16, we moved to another small town, but in southeast Idaho. I graduated high school at 17 and went to Utah State in Logan, Utah for a year before I served a mission in Florida. In hindsight, I always knew I was gay. I would watch gay porn. I had crushes on guys. I lied my ass off in Bishop's interviews in order to do all the things that I was expected to do. It was easy to believe because I was such a clean-cut, quiet, and unassuming guy. I had a crush on my trainer on my mission. It was never explicitly said to me that I needed to pray the gay away. It was always just understood that reading scriptures and prayer was the way to overcome anything. I never once admitted to any of my quote-unquote sins to any church leader. I was too afraid of consequences and what people would think. It's silly to think of that now. The shame and guilt laid on church members for doing the slightest wrong isn't always verbal. It's heavy in the culture and the doctrine of the church. That drive to be the perfect Mormon who abstains from sex and alcohol, who comes to church every Sunday with a smile on his face, is toxic. After my mission, I went to BYU-Idaho with the determination of a brainwashed return missionary to get married. My need to get married was hammered into me, and it was also a little desperation on my part because I knew I was attracted to men. I figured the quicker I got married, the easier it would be to get over it. I would go on dates with women, but I could not bring myself to even hold their hands, let alone a kiss goodnight. I never got serious with a woman. My mom would ask me every Sunday about any dates I'd gone on, passive-aggressively detailing the importance of getting married as if I wasn't getting it from everyone at school. BYU-Idaho is a miniature version of BYU in Provo. I worked a part-time job at Walmart, so I would often have to work Sundays, and I definitely had to work past curfew a lot. I can remember one time walking to my apartment away from campus when droves of students were heading the opposite direction for the weekly devotional. A guy in my ward yelled to me, hey, you're going the wrong way. I replied quickly with, my paycheck is this way, bud. (laughs) While I would date women, I would also hook up with men on the side. I lost my virginity shortly after returning home from my mission. I snuck out of my parents' house one night and drove to a town about two hours away where this stranger I met online lived, and it was there that I had my first sexual encounter with a man. This went on for a while on the side, which I now know is actually really common there. I quit my job at Walmart and started working at Deseret Book. Now, I was working and going to school surrounded by everything churchy. It was suffocating. I hated it. I began to hate everything about the church. Right around that time, my oldest sister passed away. 
She was 28 and she was a single mother. Her baby was only nine months old when my sister died. We were all blindsided by the death and it sent me and my family onto a different path. My parents adopted the baby girl who is now 12 years old and a beautiful reminder of my sister. In my, des- in my depression and grief, I could no longer deal with my double life. I stopped going to church. I would drive around town into the fields by the college for three hours and pretend I was at church. I knew I could no longer deny my sexuality, but I was still in denial. I met a guy who was also Mormon and gay, and he wanted to overcome his desires. We decided we would help each other. Oh, we helped each other, all right. We'd hook up, then wallow in our guilt for a few days. Then we'd be right back at it. We spent a lot of time together. Finally, I told him we needed to just face the fact that we were boyfriends. He got so mad at me, and we fought, and I didn't speak to him again until just a year ago. One of my coworkers at Deseret Book took me on as a project. She wanted to reactivate me. So she got me to go to her singles branch. It was there that I met a woman who is now one of my best friends. I had a discussion with the elders quorum president a while later, and he told me that he too was gay, but he was engaged to a woman in the branch. When I asked him why he was getting married, he said it was because he needed to give it a try. Terrible reasoning if you ask me. This is prevalent in the church. Gay men will marry women because it is a commandment. That pressure gets to them. It happened to my best friend from high school. I was his best man at his wedding. Just as he was going to propose to his wife, he came out to me. I had come out to him a long time before that. What drove us apart was the fact that he was also dating a man when he was dating his now wife. He was telling both of them that he wanted to marry them. He chose what I think is the path of fear and married the woman. I never wanted to do that to a woman or to myself because I wanted to live my most authentic life. I've been living a lie my whole life and my sister's death taught me that I never know when my life would end, so it was best to be fully myself. I have not talked to him in seven years. We were friends for 13 years before all that went down. Side note, there's a lot more to that story I could tell you later if you want. My friend I made at the singles ward was looking into joining the Air Force. I had graduated college, but I was still at Deseret Book with no job prospects and with a dumb English degree. The more she told me about her experience in joining the military, the more I wanted to look into it. She and I both went inactive together. I came out to her while we were on a night drive, and she, also a returned missionary, came out to me that she was no longer wearing her garments and that she no longer wanted to be a Molly Mormon. So my friend joined the Air Force and I joined the Army. She left almost a year before I did. I was no longer going to church or wearing my garments. I was slowly losing touch with all of it. What really did it for me was when I finally knelt down by my bed one day and came out to God. I had a sincere talk with him and told him I was no longer going to live a lie and that I didn't need his blessing, that I just wanted him to know I was gay and I was going to be authentic to myself. I'm not sure if it was the spirit or my own relief and endorphins or my own acceptance of myself, but I was overwhelmed with peace and love. Out of all the praying I'd done in my whole life, that prayer is the only one where I truly felt any sort of anything after. 
It not only told me that I was doing the right thing, but it confirmed that the church wasn't shit. It wasn't what it proclaimed to be. I had come out to my sister, but I left for boot camp without telling my parents. They were the ones I was most afraid of telling. My mom had called gays selfish because they didn't want kids. My dad was also very outspoken about his views on homosexuality. I knew it wasn't time. After boot camp, I finally had the courage to tell them. It didn't happen in quite the way I had hoped. I can also tell you that story another time. My mom asked me why I couldn't marry a woman anyway because marriage isn't just about sex. My dad threw things around, but actually he told me he loved me no matter what once he calmed down. While my mom went cold for years after, my dad made it a point to make me feel loved and welcomed whenever I visited. Since then, both have made a lot of progress to a point where they met my ex-boyfriend a few months ago. In the Navy, I was able to finally be myself. Don't Ask, Don't Tell had been repealed right before I joined. I got stationed in San Diego, which has a huge and tight-knit gay community, and it was the perfect place for me to find myself. I started a gay-straight alliance on my ship, helping to change the culture on board. It's been an incredible experience. The main point of all this is that being gay and Mormon is pure torture. I can remember, even after I had accepted myself, I went to church and it was fast and testimony meeting. The woman got up and went on and on about temples and her marriage and how her marriage would be eternal. I just remember thinking, I will never be able to say that. And then, what the fuck am I doing here? My journey is not over, but I do know my time in the church is over. My family is still very active, and I'm supportive of that as long as they don't preach to me or expect me to come back. The torture and mental trauma I've endured is no joke. I've been seeing a therapist, and we just barely started cracking the surface on my core beliefs that have been set by the church. I still have a lot of self-guilt and doubt because of the church. I still have this crazy need to be perfect even though I know it's not attainable. It's truly a mindfuck, but I'm glad I'm away from it. Just like how I ended my last relationship because it was toxic and controlling. I believe that because of my experience, I know the signs of a controlling and toxic relationship before it goes too far. Thank you so much for your podcast. I'm honestly willing to be a guest. You can read my story or whatever. I'm supportive of what you do in the community you are bringing together to give people a safe space to discuss these topics. Oh, that story had me in tears when I first got it. And I want to thank you so much. This was from Jake. Thank you, Jake, for being so vulnerable and open and telling us how it, how it really and truly is and how it felt and the torture because I get so frustrated when I see people like you would described in your letter, people who are gay and Mormon and they marry someone that they're not even attracted to and they claim that it's quote unquote working and that they're doing it because it's what God wants. And that frustrates me because like you said, they're not, they're not being authentic. And then it's making it harder for others to leave the church and to see how homophobic the church really is. And I'm sure that that cannot even, 
I mean, I can't even imagine how hard that all was, but I truly appreciate you writing in your perspective. We would love to have you as a guest on the show. It seems like you have a lot of wonderful and interesting and maybe heartbreaking stories that you could share. Well, thank you for listening. As always, feel free to write in to us whenever you want. Not so Molly Mormon podcast at gmail.com. Feel free to join us on Patreon. It's patreon.com slash not so Molly Mormon. And if you aren't already, follow us on Instagram at not so Molly Mormon podcast. Have a great week. I'll talk to y'all later. Bye.